Good evening. Welcome to Wednesday evening chapel. As for me and my house, oh, thank you for that correction. Let's let's just do that again. As for me and my house, all right. Yeah. It is our um, it is our privilege. Our privilege to have as the, pat, as the preacher of the evening, Professor Joe Warrington. Would you just welcome him? Say hello. And it's our privilege to share this space with each other. Uh, I want to remind you of the privilege that we have of sharing this room with God called men and women. Um, no other place like this place. And I want to tell you thanks for the privilege. Let's pray together. Our Heavenly Father, we need you tonight. We want to thank you for today and thank you for your love. Thank you for your mercy, for the blood of Jesus Christ that washes our sins away. We thank you, Lord, that on this journey we are never alone, but that you're with us. You're with us now. And we thank you. Lift up any burden, Lord, that may need to be lifted up tonight. Any healing, any touch. We place ourselves at the foot of the cross. We've come to worship. We've come to praise you. To God be the glory. Oh, we give you glory tonight. We give you praise. Glory a Dios. Oh, God, thank you. Thank you, God. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 You may be seated. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. I'd like to draw your attention tonight to the book of Joshua, chapter 3. And I'd like to read with us tonight the first five verses. Our text comes from verse 4, but I'd like to just read for hearing tonight Joshua chapter 3, verses 1 through 5. Then Joshua rose early in the morning, and he and all the sons of Israel set out from Shittim and came to the Jordan, and they lodged there before they crossed. At the end of these three days, the officers went through the midst of the camp and they commanded the people saying, when you see the ark of the covenant of the Lord your God with the Levitical priest carrying it, then you shall set out from your place and go after it. However, there shall be between you and it a distance of about 2,000 cubits by measure. Do not come near it, that you may know the way by which you shall go, for you have not passed this way before. Then verse 5. Then Joshua said to the people, Consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. I'd like just to go back to verse 4 again and read again this last part of verse 4. 
that you may know the way by which you shall go for you have not passed this way before that is the title actually of the message tonight you have not passed this way before this takes place as you see some 40 years after the exodus the great uh, James Usher the Archbishop Usher try to pinpoint it as a Wednesday morning that happened early Wednesday morning well it's Wednesday night tonight so we're in the ballpark <clears throat> the trip between Shittim and the Jordan about eight miles and the distance between the ark and where the people were to follow is about a quarter mile so we're doing okay the people are gathered as you see from our texts on the edge of the river to enter the land of promise the land of Canaan of course their circumstances had changed for the wilderness is now behind them as well as a change in leadership had taken place Moses is gone to his rest and Joshua is the new anointed leader among the last words spoken to them by Moses is found in the book of Deuteronomy and uh, one verse in particular that uh, drew my attention which I spoke on the last time I was here with you was in chapter 8 and verse 2 and you shall remember all the way which Jehovah your God has led you so we look, took a look backwards now we're taking a look forward the way which Jehovah had led them the way of deliverance the way of um, learning of themselves of God a way that led them uh, to a period where they understood brokenness and extremities in the wilderness and all the lessons they learned there we, we find them now standing on the margin of the land behind them lay the deliverance from Egypt the guidance of God for 40 years in the terrible wilderness and the daily supplies supply of their needs they had learned the lessons of deliverance, the lessons of humility, the discovery of themselves and the discovery of God in those places of difficulty. But now before them lay the great unknown. Joshua said to them, you have not passed this way before there were certain things about the land that was reported to them some 40 years ago of course but for many of them they were distant in their memory now since they were but children when they heard the reports of the spies about what the land was about this evening we want to look at the responsibilities of anticipation and there are two things I wish to treat this evening first the uncertainty of the future and secondly we will look at the certainties of the future from this passage first the uncertainty of the future there, there is a certain fascination you may say 
about the uncertainty of the future. Uh, people want to, to know, well, what's ahead? Uh, I wonder if that's why the psychic channels are so popular in our culture. Or palm readers. Having lived in Los Angeles, we found many of those little places where you could go and read your palm to find out uh, about the future. There's a certain fascination about the unknown about the future. Uh, we have a passion for the new. Uh, that's why, uh, you know, folks, that's why you have the Discovery Channel. Uh, exploration. Folks want to, to know. They, uh, they spend millions, if not billions of dollars to go in outer space. There's a certain fascination about the unknown. Uh, and so, we, uh, with this kind of, of fascination, uh, we, we, we also have a, a desire for the future to be better. I think that's why there is such a fascination with it. We want improvement. We want our life tomorrow to be better than it is today, or was yesterday. Think of the resolutions people make at uh, New Year's Eve service, uh, watch night service. Isn't that a desire for something better? And some of it, of course, uh, after the year is over, uh, you wonder. Uh, we pause and listen to the voice that comes singing out of the unknown, and it is the voice also of hope. We're hoping things will improve, that uh, our situation will improve, that we'll get a handle on our classes, right? Exegeticals will become a little easier. Oh. We hope for, for something better. Not only is there fascination with the unknown and the future, but there is a sense of fear of it as well. There's a fear of the unknown. What will it bring? Some of you are preparing for graduation. We've just really, I was thinking about it last Saturday as we were doing the exit interviews. We're really in the season preparing for graduation. It, it takes, it's not just one moment for graduation. It's, we are entering the season of it. So whether you like it or not, uh, the future is coming and it's coming rapidly for those who are involved in graduating. And there's a certain apprehension, a certain ambivalence, if you will, of what may happen. When I pull up with a U-Haul truck or a rider truck to my first assignment, will I be ready? Will I be ready? There's a fear. The people gathered on the margins of the land did not know the dangers they would encounter as they looked across the river Jordan to the land promised so many years ago. Now they are on the brink of entering that land. The opposition they would face there, what, what lay ahead beneath the mist-covered mountains, or how deep the river they were about to cross, all of that unknown. 
In fact, as you read the text, it tells you that during harvest time, which was about the time somewhere around April, that they were going to make that journey, that the river was overflowing. There was a, a gush of water. Probably because out of Mount Lebanon, the snow-capped mountains, the snow is melting as the sunshine is coming and that runoff is piling up the Jordan. We know a little bit about that here in Colorado. Will they be able to cross this? The unknown, the fear of it. If I know all the, 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 the facts about it, will, will, will I take that step? If we do not know the foes, how can we be sure whether our strength is equal to the foes? After all, they'll have to fight off Jericho and Ai and, and, and all the little city-states around, all the folks. The, and he gives a list of them in our text. We did not read all of it, but if you go a little further down in the passage of particularly verse 10, by this you will know that the living God is among you and that he will assuredly, assuredly dispossess from before you the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Havites, the Perizzites, and all the other sites. <laughs> what were the strengths of these foes? Unknown. Unknown. So there is a certain fear of the unknown. But there is one thing we do know tonight, that, that God is equal to the challenges of tomorrow. We're not, because we're not yet in tomorrow, but God is. And his strength is equal to the foes and the challenges of the tomorrows. Not only is there a certain fascination with the future or the fear of it, but there is the force. There, in a sense, the, there is the force of uncertainty that I, I want to spend just a moment on. In thinking of the uncertain future, while we recognize the fascination and know the fear, let us remember the force of it as well. The force of the uncertain comes from the inspiration and preparation to meet the future. Every time you finish a paper, you, you're preparing for the future. And that ought to bless your soul. <laughs> Amen. Every time you finish a course, Every time you go through the, the, the progress review or the exit review, it ought to give you momentum. That uh, uh, for the future, if, 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 if we knew all the facts of the coming year, I might be careless if I knew all the, that's going to happen. And I might not be mentally, emotionally, spiritually ready for what lies ahead. I do not know them and out of the mystery and fog and silence that there breaks one voice, watch! And so it is because we do not know we can trust. And it is in trusting we find inspiration for the future. So it has its own force. 
And uh, I, I want to encourage us tonight that, that when you feel discouraged, feel down about the future, whether it's because even here at NBC you have gone through some difficult times and you've reached, often you've reached the brink of giving up. May there be a force that's at work, the force of inspiration of the future, that God is in charge, that he's mapped out the course for your life, and this is just part of the journey, and, and, and that he has plans ahead for you, and that this is not just a 40-year wilderness experience for you, but that God knows. Amen. Amen. That it's going to be all right. Joshua said to, to the men encamped near the river, uh, with the land before them and the wilderness behind them, he said to them, Sanctify yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. Amen. Amen. That's tomorrow, that's the future. Sanctify, set yourself apart. Uh, we're not sure all that may entail in this sanctifying experience that he's calling upon them to do. It just could, could simply have meant to wash your clothes, get, take a bath, and, and get ready for God is going to do something exciting. But if it means just outward, I, I tend to believe it means more than just an outward washing. It is an inner sanctifying, purifying uh, work that God wants to do morally, uh, uh, spiritually ready for the miraculous that they're about to see. Amen. And so they were to sanctify. See, see, tomorrow for God, today for us. Tomorrow for God, today for us. Sanctify yourself today, for tomorrow God's going to do some amazing things. We have not passed this way before. Today for us, because we do not know tomorrow, the force and value of uncertainty is that it compels me to seek and put my life into the right relation with the forces that are equal tomorrow. If God's power is equal for tomorrow, then today I must put my life in the right relationship with God, who is equal for tomorrow. It is the, it is the uncertainty the uncertainty that sometimes dogs us and humiliates us. But it compels me, it compels me to make preparation for effort. To be strong in the Lord, and Joshua is familiar with that term. And, and what was true of him, he wanted to impart that to these who had encamped there. To be strong in the Lord. Only be strong in the Lord. Be courageous. Not only did God tell him that, the people told him that. We'll follow you because God is with you as he was with Moses. Only be strong and courageous. If I am to march one step at a time, one day at a time, in the midst of forces that I do not know, over territory that I have never traversed before, and if I have to deal with new unfoldings of mystery, I must be equipped and be ready for it. So you're getting equipped and ready for tomorrow. You have not passed this way before.
These are the uncertainties of tomorrow. There's a fascination about it. There's a fear about it. It's a fact. But there is the force of it. But what about the, the certainties? Certainties of the future. As we enter the future, are there some things we are certain about? I, I think so. Uh, the first is that I would, what I would want to say is the certainty, the first certainty is the past. Nobody can take that away from you. They had all the experiences of 40 years with God. That is a certain thing for the future. As you enter the future, you have a whole history of God at work, God working, God improving, God pruning, God molding, God shaping. Uh, we, we, we saw in, in chapter 8 of Deuteronomy, which was cited earlier, deliverance. They had experienced deliverance from Egypt. So deliverance prophesies deliverance. If God had delivered me before, God will deliver me again. Yes. They had stood, they stood before the Red Sea once, now they're standing before the Jordan. Can God do it again? In fact, the, the, it appears to me that the miracle of the Jordan seems even more fascinating and more powerful than the one of the Red Sea. After all, God used an east wind to blow the Red Sea open. Now he's not using anything. He's just saying, when you step out and your big toe touches the water, things will begin to happen. Woo! Power! Not only that, the water, the water is, is heading back from where it's, from its source. Heading back. It is not building as a mountain. I looked at this and I, the water is not building up like some kind of a jello wall. The water is, is building backwards, not upwards. It's heading back to the summit. It's expanding out. And for miles now, right up to the borders of Jericho itself, the Bible says, it's dry ground. And about 600,000 soldiers, these are just men, plus women and children, plus all their animals. There were no pigs there, and all the animals. <laughs> so prophesy, deliverance, prophesies deliverance, guidance predicts guidance. God had told them to remember the markers along the way, how he had guided them. When they came to bitter water, he turned it into sweet water. Remember Mara? Oh, guidance. That's, that's a certainty as we look into the future. No one can take your testimony away from you. You know for sure, it's deep down in your gizzards, wherever that is. <laughs> Hallelujah! Yeah. Guidance predicts guidance. Supply promises supply. If God had given them manna in the wilderness, he will give them the provisions in the new land. 
That's certain. Hallelujah. There was a river before them, but they could measure the river by the sea. He divided that then, he can divide this now. There is an unknown land before them, but measure the unknown land by the unknown wilderness that was before them at one time. And God saw them through the, this, this as well. Going to a new country, we shall need to be fed with bread and water. Measure your hunger in the new land by the manner in the old. The one thing that no one can take from us as we face tomorrow is yesterday. Yesterday. Hallelujah. You can confuse me about the problems of tomorrow, but you cannot confuse me about the solutions of last year. God was there. No man can ask you to doubt your own experience with him. That's a certainty. So we have learned the lessons of deliverance. We have learned the lessons of humility. We have learned the lessons about ourselves. We have learned the lessons about God. All in the past. But there is also the certainties of the present. Of the present. In the text. The reality for them is that now they have a living leader. The old one died. That's in the present. Joshua is their living leader. And he's going to take them across. Not only that, there is in the present, the certainty of the present there, even as they face the future, is that the symbol that once led them, they now have a new symbol. In the, in, in, it was the cloud that led them and guided them before. And for the first time, Joshua says, they had to follow the ark. A new sacramental sign or symbol for guidance. That's in the present. The ark, the new reality, not the cloud by day and the fiery pillar by night, the mist. In fact, they are they told that to stay about a quarter mile distant from it, 200 cubits. And I thought about that and I wondered why. Because this is the first time now we're seeing that the ark is actually leading. Before the arrangement, if you read the book of Numbers, the ark was placed in the center of the camp and they traveled while the cloud gave them guidance and direction. When the cloud stopped, they stopped. When the cloud moved, they moved. Could you imagine the, the, the difficulties that may pose for itself? In human experience, what, what people find themselves doing at different times, and somebody shouts, the cloud's moving! <laughs> I'll let you use your, your sanctified imagination tonight. <laughs> but whatever you're doing, <laughs> in the realm of human experience, you got to stop and follow the crowd. The cloud with the crowd. But now it's not the, cr the cloud anymore. It's the ark. And it is positioned where everyone will see it. About a quarter mile down the road 
it is symbolic of course of the presence of God it is God's presence that's leading the pack it was God's symbolic cloud that led them now but they have a new reality in this presence that was certain for them the ark before it was the Levites carrying it, now it's the priests. That's our present reality. God, God doesn't have one method of doing things, one way of doing things. Amen. And we're certain of what God is doing. Uh, but I, I, I thought for a moment, how does this apply to us? This, this new living leader, this new sacramental sign or, or, or symbol of guidance. And I thought, what, what, what do we, how, how do I take this and apply it to a contemporary journey? Well, I thought of a new living leader, and who better to represent that than Yeshua himself? Yeshua, God is salvation. Is, is there some affinity between Jesus and Joshua, especially as they're named? Is he living? Today we do not have the ark as a sacramental symbol, but we have the scriptures. We have the scriptures present. No one can take that. That is certain. You can count on the promises of God in scripture. You can count on the word of God. You can count on the living leader that we have to carry us through this journey. The unknown journey. The uncertainty of We've never passed this way before. But we are certain about the leadership of Jesus Christ. God's salvation with us today. Oh my. But what about the future itself? This, not only do we have the, 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 the certainty of the past or the certainty of the present, but in a sense there is the certainty of the future. The certainty of the future. Do you recall that when I began here 20 minutes or so ago, that that's gone? We do not have that anymore. 20 minutes ago. What do we have? We have the future. We have the future. The word to Joshua and to us today is to be strong and to be courageous. We do not have the past and the present is fast moving, but we have the future with all of its challenges. That's certain. You're going to meet those challenges. You're going to face difficulty. You're going to face the joys that the, that the future has. We have that. Oh, praise God. And so we embrace it. We embrace the future with all that it holds for us. Just two weeks ago, we were sitting here inaugurating a new president. I wonder, have you thought what lies ahead for Nazarene Bible College? What's the future with Dr. Harold Graves? We, we, we anticipate, we believe that the best days are, are ahead for Nazarene Bible College. We must grab that. We must believe. We must be optimistic about that. We must believe that when you walk the lines and get your diploma and move on, the best days are ahead for you. You have that. Amen. And whatever else God has in store, 
Oh, we have never passed this way before, true, but we are not left to figure it out on our own. We are not left to figure out what's ahead on our own. We have a history with God. We are to follow the living leader. We are to sanctify ourselves. We have a sacramental symbol, the Word of God. We are to embrace the future, not to fear it. You may be fascinated with it. You may fear it. No, don't embrace it. Get momentum from it. Let its force give you the impetus you need, the momentum you need. Let it propel you in the difficult times with your preparation here at NBC. And allow God to move you right into the future that he has planned for you. Amen. Praise God. Let's follow him into the future. God bless you. You're dismissed.